Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 1. I got to um, share some of this with Carla and Tasia tonight at our dinner table. And how many of you enjoying the book of Revelation? We are in chapter 6. Isn't it powerful? There's something about reading it together as a church. There's a release of something that it's invisible, but it's powerful. There's something that happens when you hook up with your church and read your chapter a day. It's invisible, but it's powerful. It promotes unity. We sense the same things in our spirits. We're like on the same level, though you're over there on that end of town and I'm over here. There's something unifying about reading the same chapter every day as a church. It's powerful. And it's so good. I mean, it's... John, John saw some amazing things when he was on the Isle of Patmos, and we're seeing some of those things unfold today, and we're going to see some of those things. He saw the future like he was there. You know, in God's mind, the future's already happened. You do know that. And it says in Revelation chapter 1, and I want to read verse 12 and 13, and I want to bounce down to some other scriptures in the same book here. This is John talking. He said, I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And he's having a vision here, a total vision of the Lord. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Talking about Jesus, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. So, everybody say, in the midst of... The seven candlesticks. Say this, in the middle of the seven candlesticks. So really, if I was going to title, one of my titles for tonight would be, Where is Jesus when you need Him? Where is Jesus? This scripture says, He's in the midst of the seven candlesticks. Kind of makes you wonder what the candlesticks are, huh? No. Come on, where's Jesus? Somebody tell me, where's Jesus? According to this verse, where is he? Come on, he's in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. The seven candlesticks. You got that? Now, turn to Revelation chapter 2 in verse 1. And let's read a few verses here. Somebody tell me, where's Jesus? What are the candlesticks? Look here. And unto the angel of the church at Ephesus, Jesus said to John, Write these things, says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Somebody tell me, where is Jesus? Uh-huh. Now, go back to the previous verse. Um, did, did we read verse 13 and the other one? Let, let's read the... Okay. So, do you see here that the seven candlesticks are the seven churches? You got that? And those, are, those were local churches of John's day. Jesus is in the local church. That's a powerful word. It's, it's. Now, before we go any farther with this, I want to show you a few slides that I got a, I, I got a, 
a fr we have a friend in Hollywood, California, Clayton Gallagher. Anybody know Clayton? He's from Grand Junction. He ministers in Hollywood uh, with the Dream Center, and we've been out there a couple times to help minister. I actually got to minister at Hollywood High on Sunset and Vine. And we got to go into the high school, got to be on a panel, got to a a answer questions, got to minister to the, go some interesting Bible studies and gated communities. We're talking gated communities here. Um, but it was a trip, and he's doing an amazing work. He's been there probably over 30 years, as long as I've been pastoring this church. Downtown Hollywood, used to live in Palisade, had a peach orchard. I worked for him a while back when he had an auto body business, many years ago, obviously. But he's in Hollywood, California now. He put something on Facebook, and, and I'm his friend, and I responded to it and told him that we would pray for some, uh, their outreach because of some things that had happened. But I wanted to show you what he posted, and then I, I copied some of it. So if you have the 001, Michael, the very first one, this was on his Facebook, and I'm going to share all this concerning the church. Can you guys read that over on this side? So he just posted this. Did anybody see this post on Facebook? Okay, this is, this is somebody out there in Hollywood. This is Jade, age 21-year-old student, hung herself at home after a terrible grief following her abortion. She left a handwritten note to her parents describing her depression struggle after the abortion. Abortion with teens has increased 75% since 2016. 24% now of students commit who commit abortion leading to depression and many times suicide. We're very burdened to reach these high schoolers. Thanks for prayer. I told him we'd, we'd hit this in prayer tonight. What we're going to pray for is that their outreaches increase. And that not only in Hollywood, but I, that's one of the reasons I felt prompted to pray for our schools here tonight. We need to believe God for avenue into these schools. The devil's getting into the schools, right? All these liberal people are getting into the schools with their crazy agendas. Evolution got into the schools. Why can't the truth get into schools? Why can't Jesus? It can. It's just some of those people, now I'm just going to hurt a little, but some of those people who are pushing their weird agendas are a little more disciplined than the church right now. They're a little more adamant. They're a little more bold. They're a little more I don't care what people think than we are right now. I think we've gotten a little too comfortable. Now Wednesday night... One of the things about Wednesday night is if you're comfortable when you come, you're probably going to leave uncomfortable if you come to Wednesday night services. Because the purpose of Wednesday night service in Faith Heights Church is to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Well, Pastor, what's Sunday morning? Hear me out. Sunday morning is hear what the Spirit says to the church and the valley and others watching online. But the, but the primary focus of ministry on Wednesday night is we're going to hear what the Spirit says to the church at Faith Heights Church in Grand Junction. And that's what he started every one of these uh, words out with to the local churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Philadelphia, all the, all the seven churches. It started out or ended with, hear what the Spirit says to the churches, plural. There's a specific word for each church. And if you're not in the church you're supposed to be in, you're probably not hearing the specific word. And if you're a part of Faith Heights Church, you're going to hear on Wednesday nights things directed to church members. Sunday morning, it's buffered a little, not watered down. But on Wednesday nights, you're going to hear some things like they heard in Revelation 2 and 3. Have you ever read, you just read that if you're reading with us, it was not the easiest things to hear. 
I mean, you read some of these words that the Lord had to the churches. Sure, he praised them for the good things they were doing. But then he got right down to the nitty gritty and said, um, you know what? Um, if you guys don't shape up, your name's going to be blotted out of the book of life. You know what? If you guys don't shape up, um, you know, I'm going to come to you and, and take your candlestick away. If you guys don't, you know, I mean, he's talking to the angels of the churches to relate to the people in those churches. And there was some tough stuff that he shared. How many know the Lord has a word for the church? And then he also has a word for the world. That's why sometimes you can't preach words for the church to the world. Right? right? And we've got to watch out about only preaching things for the world to the church because we'll stay baby Christians. There's things the Lord wants to say to the church that he can't say to the world. And there's things he wants to say to the world that he can't keep saying to the church because we've got to grow up and hear some other things. And so I, I wanted to dive into some of this. I actually, I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say tonight. <laughs> I just know this was on my heart. And I know that what we're going to read here and the connection with these things stopping and turning this stuff around, like what happened to this young gal here, it has a lot to do, if we're going to see victory and, and progress in turning this stuff around, the church is going to have to be okay with getting uncomfortable. We're going to have to be okay with crucifying the flesh a little bit more, saying no to some things we want a little bit more, because the, the, these powers of darkness aren't just going to go away because we're nice Christians. We're going to have to be on the offense here, storming some things. Now, I'm not talking about in the natural. You know, I'm not into, I'm not into all this picketing and all that. If the Lord leads you to do it, fine, or whatever. But I'm talking about spiritually taking a stand, using our faith not just to get our needs met but to see souls saved to get into schools to do ministry like this we're going to have to do it I mean some of these things I'm going to show you now before we go to the next couple slides we're going to pray for Clayton and their ministry in Hollywood and Leanne his wife and let's just pray and come into agreement I'm going to pray what's on my heart and I'm asking you to agree with me or pray in tongues Father we're asking right now that Clayton Gallagher and, and Leanne and their ministry in, in Hollywood California we're asking Lord that you would help them to have the help they need, the strength, the support, the people, to get into these schools in a, in a more effective way. Show them, Father, what to do and what not to do. We know a lot of gangs are in these schools. We know a lot of violence is in these schools. And we're believing, Lord, not only are you going to help them get in more, but they're going to be protected, and they're going to be in your care, and they're going to be effective, and we just pray right now that you would strengthen Clayton and Leanne and all their helpers with might by your spirit in their inner man. Flood them with wisdom. Help them to see what your ideas are. Show them what to do. And give them favor and grace and additional mercy, we pray. And Lord, not only for, for the schools, but for the, 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 the girls like this, Lord. Help the church to discern what to do to be more on the preventative side than on just the picking up somebody after they fell off the cliff. Lord, help the church to see what to do to help girls like this before they take their life. Lord, we're asking for help, revelation, a quickening, a stirring on the inside of us to know these things and to do these things. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we go into and connect this, go to the first slide now, zero one one there. Statistics, and this is what Clayton sent, uh, posted last night on Facebook. 
Statistics from Charisma Magazine Internet Church Growth Data in 18 years of Clayton working with Pastors Tommy Barnett and Pastor Matthew Barnett, pastor schools, the statistics are an average of 150 churches are being shut down every week in the USA. Should that alarm us? 150 churches a week are shutting down. Now, I realize some of them may not have been the will of God that they were started. Okay, when you try to start something, you're not anointed to do it, it's probably not going to work. But I think a lot of them are pastors that are burned out. Uh, Maybe the support's not there that they needed. Maybe, you know, maybe the congregations are getting too worldly. Maybe they're not thinking church is that important anymore. I don't know. Whatever the reason is, that's not a good statistic. Because it's the beginning of something that's trying to happen by our enemies. All right. So, 64% of all American churches are on the decline. And can we just say something boldly about Faith Heights Church right now? Say this. That ain't us. Now say it in faith. That ain't us. See, why'd you say it twice? Just wanted to make the devil mad. We are not a part of that percentage. No. We are not one of the churches that are declining. We're going up. The American church now decreases 3% per year. How many years until it's gone? According to that statistic. And this is Charisma Magazine and other, other data that they accumulated. Next slide. Per capita, the gay rights movement is increasing faster than Christianity and has an agenda to make all Christian Bibles illegal. Because, see, there's some scriptures in there they don't like at all. One pastor in Canada got through in jail for reading Romans chapter 2 in a church service. They call it a hate crime. Because, you know, Romans chapter 2 talks about men having unnatural affection toward one another. And women likewise burn in their lust one for another. And they don't like those chapters because they don't jive with their, who they think they are. And my, 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 you know, my word to people that are confused in this area and, and messed up in this area is not, stop it or you're going to hell. My, my word to them is you can be delivered if you just give us a chance. You can be free from what you thought you were born into. You can be free. And I think one of the reasons people have sold out to the gay lifestyle is because the power of God has not been in the church like it needs to be because people haven't been contending for the faith like they need to be. I mean, let's face it. If somebody's truly bound and we can't get them free, what are they going to do? They're going to accept their desires and their lifestyle as something that maybe they were just born into. And if there's no deliverance, what do you do? Come on, the church needs to wake up. And one of the things needs to happen in the church is there needs to be some correction in the church. Peter said it like this, judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of those which believe not the gospel of God? Judgment starts in the church. So, 
this is, this is crazy. Unless things change at this present rate, in 15 years, all American pastors will lose their nonprofit status if they refuse to marry a same-sex couple. In 20 years, it will be illegal for anyone to own a Bible. I, I just say a big, bold, no way is this going to happen. Sometimes you have to read and see stuff like this to get stirred up to the level you need to be at. We're, you know, we have minister friends, pastor friends all over the world, a lot of them in the United States. And, and some of the things I'm telling you, th- there is major persecution in some areas already in these areas. There's an agenda of the devil to stamp out Christianity and make it illegal like in other countries to even have a Bible. And I know it may not look like right now, but it, it you know, I'm sure if, if you're in the Word at all and praying at all, you're sensing that something's going on right now that we need to probably get our act together a little bit more. The 2020 election is a big deal coming up too. All right, next slide please, Michael. Per capita, the Islam faith is increasing faster than Christianity with a violent bloodshed agenda to eradicate all Christianity. Unless things change in 25 years, they will accomplish their goal. Why am I sharing this? Well, because we can do something about this. We, are, we have been called the sleeping giant. Simply meaning, if this giant ever wakes up, the devil is going to wish he never would have done these things. Just like he wished he never would have crucified the Lord of glory because of all the power that came after that. This sleeping giant's about to wake up. It's called the Great Awakening of the 21st century. The, Paul admonished the church at Ephesus. He says, Awake you that sleep. Wake up. He's talking to believers. They were awake physically, but they were dull spiritually. Jesus said this in, um, in Luke 19, I think it's like verse 41 through 44. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's actually pretty disturbed on the inside and he told these guys he said you know what you guys missed your day of visitation how many know you can miss and he was talking to religious people who thought they knew everything about the bible they were in the synagogue all the time the son of god is right there before them in the flesh and they missed it they missed their day of visitation And he said in John 9, and I may go to this scripture later, but in John chapter 9, Jesus said, The night comes when no man can work. Remember that? He's getting ready to heal that blind man. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. There's like this opportunity before us right now. And all, listen, the devil is doing his best to distract to slow down, to stop, to thwart, to confuse the body of Christ right now, get all caught up in your natural problems and all caught up in these natural things. Guys, there is a higher level thing going on right now and the enemy doesn't want you to know about it. The end of all things is at hand. These are the last days. We've got a job to do. And the devil's like a wounded animal. He knows his time's short. He's doing everything he can to dupe and dull believers' minds and consciousness from what's really going on. Thank God. God, Joseph uh, Morris is coming in September. End of days update. He's anointed of the Lord to, to talk about the end times. I mean, he's got an anointing. Rhema graduate, great man. 
And we're, we've never met him, but he's coming for his first time in September on your birthday. And so he's going to be here, and I'm so thankful because we need to hear. We need to have understanding of the times. You know, the sons of Ishakar were very needed in Israel's day because they had understanding of the times. And they helped Israel avoid a bunch of unnecessary adversity because they knew some things about the times they were living in. It's good to know some things. And if you're not, if you're not reading your Bible chapter with us every day, Monday through Friday, please join us. We're reading the book of Revelation right now. We really need to know what's going on in these last days. Everybody say, that's not going to happen. Next slide, please. 88% of all church churches in America are made up of members that migrate from other churches. In other words, the lost are not being reached. We, here in, in our church, we call it church transfer. Nothing wrong with that. you got to get where the Lord wants you. And, if, and if, you know, if somebody's in a church and they're not where they're supposed to be, the Lord's going to reveal that to them, and they need to get where they need to be and find out where that place is, then don't break rank. Right. Right. Amen? Because there'll be forces to try to get you to be a floater. Floaters, we need to be planted in the house of the Lord if you want to flourish out there in the courts of your God. And we encourage commitment so strong because we know if, when you find your divine connection, there'll be opposition to leave sometime or, or another. And you've got to have it in your heart. I'm not here for a pastor. I'm not here for his wife. I'm not here for the praise team. I'm here because the Lord told me to go here. They didn't bring me here and they can't make me leave. So 95% of the American Christians have never led one person to Christ their entire life. 98% of all American Christians do not know how to intelligently explain the gospel with love and humility. Now, to me, I'd be a little more upset with the preachers and teachers and pastors than the people. Unless... The people have been hearing on a regular basis how to reach out, to bring people, how to witness, how to love people into the kingdom of God. We've done our best to do that here. We're not done yet. Sometimes I think, you know, I preach on they brought, he healed, uh, soul winning, power evangelism, all these things. And there's times I think, well, Lord, you know, I got to, you know, but the people need some other things too. And he goes, well, right, they do. But he said, did you know there's healing in evangelizing? There's healing in doing these things because God knows you need health to do these things. This is the most important thing you can do is reach out to people one way or the other and support are actually doing it. So I thought that was interesting. I know this isn't a shouting, dancing meeting tonight, but it's good to look at this. Next slide, please. Other than Christmas and Easter, 80% of all American Christians have never picked up one lost person for church. 97% of all American pastors admit that they have never taught their congregations how to reach the lost and build their churches. 75% of believers believe that they will become stagnant and stop growing spiritually if they are not involved in reaching the lost and or making disciples. Let's go to the next slide. The Los Angeles Dream Center, which is where Tommy Barnett and Matthew Barnett were involved, I think they still are, that grew from 100 members. They, they bought the old Queen of Angels Hospital. I think you're going up 225 or something like that. If you look on the right, it's the old Queen of Angels Hospital in L.A., Los Angeles. And they bought it and turned it into the Dream Center, and that's where Clayton has been. He worked there for a long time as a pastor. 
It said that they grew from 100 members to 9,000 members and caused the crime rate to reduce by 70% in the Eco Park community, all of which Clayton said I observed. What's very, very important is that 80% of their congregations are made up of the lost being saved or the unchurched from their neighbors. That, that, that'd be an awesome service, man. Where 80% of the people were lost. You talk about the power of God in manifestation. Say, Pastor, when are we going to see miracles? When are we going to see miracles? When we bring people that need them. Right? Billy Graham admitted sadly that only 3% of all those that go forward at his crusades ever make it into the church. See, and Billy Graham knew the importance of the local church. Did you know getting somebody saved out there and not having a heart to get them into a local body could actually turn around and re have a reverse effect? Let me tell you what Peter said. Peter said, if you've known the way of righteousness, got saved, and then turn from the Holy Commandment and let the pollutions of the world come into your life, he says, it'd be better for that person if he never known the way of righteousness than to have known it and slip back. Slipping back is a sign of not being rooted in a local church. The devil is subtle. He will do, he'll take years if he has to to get somebody out of the, the place that they're supposed to be in. He's been around a long time. What's a few years to him? He'll work on people slowly so they don't recognize it and he gets in under the radar. Local churches eliminate that from happening. If you will plant yourself in a local church and we get other people planted in the church, how many know it's going to take a little effort on that part of the believers to get these people planted that we invite and that we bring? It's going to take the whole church online thing. We've got a whole congregation now out there beyond what's in here. And so we're, we're praying and seeking God on how to have them formally hook up through membership forums and be a part of the church and communication back and forth. It's really a huge deal. We're, we, the World Wide Web is a mission field. And Jesus said, go, didn't he? Okay, so let's keep going. Can you handle a little more? In comparison, 80% of all lost that receive salvation and are successfully planted in churches because of one factor. The factor is because people in the church, other members of the team, are motivated and trained to pick them up for church. Interesting. So if you pick up a person four times, then 40% will not only go on with their walk with the Lord Jesus, they'll become an active member of the church. Now, this is something I can't do. I, I, mean, I can't do what you're supposed to do. I can do it in my own life. But, I, but the, the quarterback can't be the wide receiver at the same time. Or the guard, or the center, or the running back, or the kicker. So that's an interesting thought there. That four times, 40% will not only go on their walk with the Lord, they'll become an active member in the church. And so we've been talking on our staff for the last couple months about getting people from the community to a crowd in the church. And there's a plan for that. Then, from the crowd to the congregation. You know, they're, they're actually coming now more than once every or twice a year. They, they come fairly regularly. And then, there's this whole plan for that. And then from the congregation to the core, helps team, being involved in the church, serving in the church on the service teams, that's another whole plan. 
And so this four times thing, see, a lot of these things are, are not up to the staff. Some, some, let me put it this way. All of it's not up to the staff. A good chunk of it is, but everybody's got a part on this team. And everybody's valuable on this team. And everybody's going to get the same rewards when this whole thing's done, too. Because without you, none of this could happen. Next slide, please. Is there another one? Okay, then if that new 40% are invited to be a part of this pickup for church ministry, which I like that, and taught the procedure or steps, they'll bring in an average of six of their unsafe circle of influence into the church. Then the new six will be invited and trained to do the same. You can see how that multiplication of converts works. You can see how your church will double annually and reach the loss. You can see how Phoenix First Assembly, Tommy Barnett's church, went from 75 members to 25,500 members. There's no way that's going to happen just because I preach better. <laughs> There's no way that's going to happen if the staff just works their fingers to the bone. You know, one person can do 100% and live out half their life and die young. Or a hundred people could do one percent and everybody live their life fully, right? Everybody do a little bit. I guess I said all that to say this. I believe a word for the church today, and I believe Jesus is in this church tonight saying this to us, a word to the church today is we need to remember that these statistics, being up or down, has more to do with the church than any other person on this planet, any other group of people on this planet. We got the power. Now we need the motivation. I asked, I believe, by the Holy Ghost. And we don't say by the Holy Ghost every time we say something because we don't feel like we should have to do that. Sunday morning, I said, I said every one of us needs to invite one person to watch church online that we know of that lives out of town. Now the only way that you know, a person could just blow that off is if you don't know anybody that lives out of town. Right? But even that, you could probably find somebody you don't even know and invite them, right? <laughs> On Facebook or something. I don't know this person, but I'm going to invite them to watch church online. I believe the Lord wants us to get our minds on other people. I believe He wants us to keep thinking about the they brought messages, the, the things we just talked about tonight, the evangelistic messages, because I know in my heart, I know not only are we going to see people come into the church and get the same freedom we got, something's going to happen to our lives too. There are some things that will be released in the faith area because of stepping out and doing this that before you know it, you're not even praying for healing anymore. It just shows up. You're not praying for prosperity anymore. It's just being added to you. So anytime we talk about bringing people to the church or that they brought ministry, you do, you do understand that we're talking about your health springing forth speedily. You do understand that. Isaiah said in 58, Isaiah 58 says, if you will focus on helping other people and the greatest thing for we can do for people is bring them to the Lord. He says, when you're focused on that more than yourself, your health will spring forth speedily. Your darkness will become as noonday. And that's talking about people being depressed, not being depressed anymore. And I just want to encourage you, church, don't, don't think that all this technology of the day has helped us that much. I mean, we're going to use it for the Lord, but you have to be pretty mature today to not let texting, Facebook, uh, cell phones, emails, and websites, you have to be pretty grown up and pretty mature today to use that stuff properly. One of the worst things that it does is it kills people's time when they could and should be doing something a lot more powerful 
for the Lord and for His kingdom. But it's not wrong, right? Maybe it's not wrong, but what, is it, what kind of time is it? Time is precious. You can get more money, you know, you, you, but you can't get more time. When time ticks and it's gone, it's gone. Did you know time is way more important than money? Because you can't get time back. Money, you can make more of it, but you can't get time back. Let me show you this one scripture in closing. Um, in John chapter 4. A little different tonight, but was it okay? Did it stir you up to maybe consider some things? It's, it's interesting that this would come right after our series on understanding what putting God first means. Because this is a part of putting the Lord first, is, is being more aware of these things. And, you know, it, we've had tragedies in our valley. We've you know, been pastoring for 32 years, I think, now. And we've heard things happen that are just terrible, just like Jade here in this photo that we showed you. And when I see things like that, especially in my own valley, one of the first things I always do is say, Lord, what can I do to help prevent this in the future? Because I know the church has power. I know we can be led by the Spirit. I know we can get on more TV stations. I know we can do this. Lord, what can we do to push this stuff back, turn these statistics around? I don't want any more Grand Junction. And wanting it's not going to change it. But I don't want any more to be known as a suicide capital. Do you? No. What are we going to do about it? Well, Pastor, we'll just, we'll just let you do that, you know, because you're paid to do that. No, this goes beyond pay. This, I'm actually, I receive a salary that's set by the board of directors, but that's actually to help me equip you to do the work of the ministry. And I got to thinking, what would happen if we all just said, you know what, I'm going to bring somebody. I'm, I'm going to bring somebody to, to Family Fun Day, because Family Fun Day is a pack the house Sunday. Perfect time to invite somebody. Is it easy? Not always, but it wasn't easy for Jesus to go to the cross either. We've got to quit thinking that the easy, you know, all this easy stuff on the flesh, that that's the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have scriptures to show you that the Holy Spirit at times will lead you into a wilderness. Right? So you can prove where you're at with your faith and you can be promoted and have opportunity to prove yourself. People think, well, if it doesn't feel right, then it's probably not the Holy Spirit. It could feel totally wrong and be totally God. Or it could feel totally right and be totally not God. you got to watch out about it. Well, I just feel this and I just feel that and I just feel this. Well, what you know is more important than what you feel. So make sure your knower is in the forefront. So in John 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and then his disciples come back and they start talking to him. And so go ahead and look at verse 35. Jesus said, Say not you. In other words, don't say this. Well, there's four months. No, we've got plenty of time. And then, then comes the harvest. Jesus said, No, check it out, guys. I say unto you, lift up your eyes. And talking about spiritual eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So can it feel like it's not time and it totally be time? Can it feel like the Lord's nowhere around and right then He's visiting you? Can you feel like this is really not... Just kind of like the book of Haggai. They said, Lord, yeah, yeah, it, you know, we'll build the house. It's just not time. And the Lord had to correct him. Well, was it time for you to do all your own things and let this house lie waste? 
Well, Lord, we didn't say we're not going to do it. Right, but you said you're going to wait. And you know, some things have to be done. Jesus says, I op He opens doors no man can shut, and He shuts doors and no man can open. Paul said, A great door of opportunity is open unto me, and with it are many adversaries. He was saying, Listen, there's a big door open to me here. A door. He knew he had to get through that door, even though there was opposition. And so how many want to go through the door with me? We're going we're gonna to use this... Like I said, I don't know how many... I mean, we're going to get on everything we can. I don't, I, as long as it's compatible and proper and right. I mean, there's like a dozen social media things we can get on. And Sunday morning, they can tune in while we're preaching and teaching and having a worship service here. And so we're looking forward to really reaching the world through Internet and through media and using it for what it was created for. And we just encourage you to be the part that you can be. Send out the invites. Many of you have been. I mean, we've... We've seen some amazing stats and reports off of the Facebook uh, outreach that we've done. And so we're really excited about that. So just, if you would do your part, bring people on Sunday mornings, bring people to Family Fun Day. We'll keep being anointed and keep being ready. Remember, they brought and he healed. They brought and he healed. They brought and he healed. They brought unto him a blind man, and he healed him. They brought unto many that were possessed. They were delivered. They brought, he healed. Without they brought, there'd be no he healed. So let's... Let's keep in the They Brought Ministry, right? Pull your certificate out if you need to, the one you got the other day, and just read it. I'm in the They Brought Ministry. So I know I reminded you a lot of these things, and I felt like we needed that. So let's stand up.